I'm Mike Breen, Public Awareness Officer for the American Mathematical Society, and I'm talking with Muthu Alagapan, who's a sports data scientist at IOSDE Incorporated, and he has come up with a really astounding result relating topology in basketball. So, Muthu, can you tell us about that research? Sure. So the research started about two years ago. I was working at a company called AOSD, uh, which at the time was a very small, uh, young startup, which had started out of Stanford's math department after 10 years of research in computational topology. The topology is a branch of mathematics that has been around, but has often uh, been thought of as more a theoretical study rather than a subject having real-world applications. But this lab at Stanford has come up with some pretty amazing applications for topological data analysis in terms of solving big data problems. I worked at this company two years ago, and, and being a, a big basketball fan myself, and being from Houston and inspired by Daryl Morey and, and the recent analytics movement in basketball, I got inspired to try to use the software uh, to solve problems in sports, and specifically in the NBA. That's how the project started. I took a very simple data set of NBA players, and I just asked a simple question, what would a topological network of these players look like? So if we took the 438 players in the NBA, and we connected them to each other based on their similarities across uh, multiple dimensions. What kind of result will we see? Uh, and to be honest, you know, we, I wasn't expecting anything too extraordinary at first. You know, there's five positions in basketball. So I thought I'd see roughly five players in this network. But what the actual result was was pretty amazing. We saw that there was actually close to 10 positions. And for the first time, we'd mathematically come up with a definition for each position as the true playing styles of players in the NBA. I know topology was very important, so I guess you're getting the shape of the data. Is, is that true? And what other math was used, if any? So the software combines a host of machine learning algorithms, but at the at the underpinning of all of this is topological data analysis and, and core principles of topology that help reveal the shape of data in high dimensions. So normally what, what people do when they come up with a position for a player is they just look at the player, they might look at the height and weight, and, and with the simplicity of their mind, they, they make a projection or a prediction for what they think that player plays like. But, but as you can tell, this is a very subjective science that's biased by so many things. And the result is we have players in all types of positions that don't really make sense. What we're able to do here is, is, as you mentioned, we can use topology to unveil the shape of data, not just in two or three dimensions, but in this data set, we're looking at 10 dimensions per player all at once. And when we look at the shape, we see that there's actually 10 distinct regions to the network, and each region uh, corresponds to a group of players that have a unique playing style that we can then statistically and mathematically identify. And are the dimensions then things like stats that you normally have in basketball, or are there other aspects? For now, there are stats that we, that we normally record in basketball. So it's points, rebounds, steals, assists, turnovers, blocks, and fouls, all normalized per minute. We're getting rid of biases related to how many minutes a player plays. We're looking at everything per minute. And then the final three are spatial statistics, which is a, a, a new uh, wave in basketball of looking at spatial data. So we have three dimensions corresponding to different areas of the court and what percentage of a player's shots come from each of those areas. And your results corresponded to teams that were good and, and or, or bad, right? The teams that did well had a, a nice grouping. Right. So that was one of the first things we found was that teams that had a good distribution or diversity of positions tended to do better, whereas teams that had too many players in the same positions because of the redundancy tended to be easier to, to guard against and easier to plan against and tended to do worse. Since then, we've found some exceptions to this rule. For example, the Miami Heat, who just won the championship, tend to have a very redundant team. Most of their players come from the same two or three positions. 
Yet, the interesting point there is that even though they have redundancy in positions, their skill level in each of those positions is so high that they're able to overcome the deficit of not having diversity. So we have found that diversity is important, but you can still win without it as long as your skill in each of those positions is, is, uh, is very high. You mentioned that you were interested in sports, and math is being applied much more to sports. It's not just like figuring out averages, for example. It's higher-level math. Right. It's an interesting time in basketball because uh, there's a lot more people entering sports world, specifically basketball, that come in with a stats background or an economics background and want to apply mathematical principles to solve a lot of these problems. Yet the old guard in basketball still tends to be very traditional, um, very anecdotal, uh, and very subjective with the way they coach and plan. There's somewhat of a power struggle going on right now between those two parties, and, it, and it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. A, a lot of the current coaches in the NBA do tend to be very traditional and tend to resist the use of analytics for a few reasons. I mean, one of them being that even if the coach adopts analytics, it's very unlikely that the player will. And ultimately, it's the player that's going to affect the game. And a lot of these players have been playing instinctively with their own style for decades. And it's really tough to go in and tell them to play a different style because that's what the numbers indicate. So there's a roadblock there. And the other roadblock in basketball is that the sport is so dynamic and the players are so interconnected that it's hard to come up with really statistically significant conclusions about how a team should play. Because on a given night, players can be tired. They can be mentally stressed about something off the court. It can be a night game or a morning game. They can be playing a certain opponent that they're more intimidated by. There's so many variables. And overall, the sample size is still pretty small. It's only 80 games a year per team. That, that it tends to be pretty hard to come up with robust statistical suggestions. So there's also that roadblock that's facing the analytics community. That's Muthu Alagapan of EASDI. And in part two, he'll talk more about the human element in sports and EASDI's uses for topology.